one of these days I'm going to pop in over there and put my head right over top of my head, and then it'll be my head over my head. Then you'll love that, won't you? <laughs> Doodle Bible School. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's when we get out the old doodlators and we doodlate. You know what I'm saying? And we're going to do that in just a moment. Doodle Bible School. Thanks for being with me. Basic Bible, great for homeschooling, all that kind of stuff. But we're into Jonah. Oh, look at the little dude. I call him my marshmallow man. That's going to be Jonah throughout our time together. That's Jonah, the marshmallow man. And uh, anyhow, Jonah's journey. Jonah's journey. Four chapters. Really easy to remember. I think you're going to like it. But again, this stuff is really good for homeschool. It's good for Sunday school curriculum. Good for home devotionals. It's just good for a lot of stuff. So I hope that you... We'll use it. You ready to go? <laughs> well, what is segment number one? I'll tell you what it is. Segment number one is do the doodle. That's why you got the doodle thing going over here. <laughs> there I go again, hacking. You got to get out your doodle later and doodle a tea. And here we go. Wee, wee, wee. Are you ready? All right. This is cool. Jonah's journey. Watch. There he is, the marshmallow man dancing over here. All right. Here we go. Only four chapters that you've got to remember, but they're really good chapters. The first chapter is Jonah runs from God. He's going to run away from God. You're familiar with this story. He's going to, he's a guy who gets uh, swallowed by the big fish and all that kind of stuff. Well, the first chapter, God gives him an assignment, and he says, I don't want to do that. And so he runs away from God. I want you to notice that uh, Gabriel, He kind of his drawings are a little more simple. I appreciated him for doing that. He, he came up with that on his own. But he, the marshmallow man, the cloud, that's supposed to represent God. Uh, and it's a little more simple. Because I'll tell you what, some of those Genesis ones, they were a little complicated. And I, I'm not a good dude later to begin with. Anyhow, here you go. Get your little marshmallow man happening right there, okay? I don't know if I can do this or not. He's got his little arm over here. And he's got his other arm. It kind of comes down here like this. And then he's running, see? And that means this leg comes back here. It comes over here. And that leg comes down there. How do we do? <laughs> that leg's a little a little funky, but I think he's okay. He's got a little hairdo going on over there. <laughs> okay, but notice that we're going to have this arrow, okay? And this arrow is only going to be filled in at the top because... Oops, I did that bad. <laughs> Let's go that way. There we go. All right. The arrow. But we're only going to fill it in at the top because that's supposed to look like a one. Can you see the one? Yeah, it's not too bad. And then, of course, over here, we're going to do clouds. And how does he do the bottom of his clouds? Well, it's just a straight line like that. And then he's got bright things coming out here because that's supposed to represent God. So Noah is running away from God. That's chapter number one. Way to go, guys. Thank you, Gabriel, for making it a little more simple on old dad. Now I can make some of these drawings look halfway not embarrassing. <laughs> Although, I don't know what happened to Jonah's gut over here. He, he doesn't even have a belly. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, there you go. Did you guys doodlate it? I doodlated it. So now we're going to put it right there so that you can admire it for as long as it doesn't block anything else. <laughs> Jonah chapter one. Jonah runs away from God, okay? Here is segment number one's review for the final test. If I was going to ask you any questions, then I certainly will on the final test. What's the theme for Jonah chapter one? Yeah, Jonah runs away from God. You already got it. And can you pick, can you doodle the picture? Well, clearly, but give him a gut. See, I, I didn't give him a gut. 
And, and he just doesn't even have a belly like old Sonny. He's a marshmallow man in, in Gabriel's pictures, but mine, he's like a stick figure. <laughs> and I don't know, his little leg, that's one big massive leg that comes flipping back here, and then, then a little tiny leg at the front. <laughs> I'm not, anyhow, there you go. Can you doodle the picture? I think you can. All right, moving on. Let's be silly. <laughs> love this face. you got to love that. Oh, dear, our picture's in the way. Sorry, Jonah, got to go. See you later, buddy. All right, here we go. What do you call a monkey at the North Pole? I've often wondered that. If I were to journey to the North Pole and at the North Pole, there goes a wasper right in my office. He's just flying right there. He may come over here, sting me, and then you'll get to see him. But anyway, he's flying right there. He's, he's really a distraction. Anyhow, back to the North Pole. If I were to take a journey to the North Pole and I step out in my little vehicle because I'm not walking, you know what I'm saying? Can you see him? Did you see him? Right there he is. Oh, come here, buddy. <laughs> Meet your maker. Oh, I knocked him to the ground. I stepped upon him. I stepped upon him a second time. I stepped upon him a third time. He gone. He gone. <laughs> Back to the North Pole. What we got happening here is I'm getting out the vehicle because I ain't walking. You know what I'm saying? And I get out the vehicle and there's a monkey standing there at the North Pole. What am I going to call him? What What do you think you would call a monkey at the North Pole? Well, I think you'd call him lost. <laughs> monkey doing at the North Pole? Did you ever think about that? What would I be doing at the North Pole? What would anybody be doing at the North Pole? It's like frozen tundra. I'm not going. <laughs> what do you call a monkey at the North Pole? Lost. Same thing you call a zebra at the North Pole. You can make this fit anything. What do you call an elephant at the North Pole? Lost. <laughs> There's only what, a seal, maybe, and uh, maybe a polar bear, you know, but the rest of them, they're lost. They ain't supposed to be there. <laughs> oh, dear. I've used ain't twice now. I hope parents don't get upset at me. That's you're not supposed to use ain't. Shouldn't be there. <laughs> Wouldn't be there. Okay. Enough of that. Segment number two. Here I am saying, make a memory. I'm saying to you, it's time to make a memory. That's where we stick a memory verse in your head. Now, I'm just going to, spoiler alert, you're not going to be happy with me. The first memory verse out the gate is a pretty long memory verse, okay? But you can do this. We only got four weeks. You guys can do this, all right? Here's your memory verse. Notice, he comes dancing over there. And Jonah says, all you got to do is say it five times. All right. But Jonah rose. 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 See there? We already got line number one. Now, there's only 73 other lines you got to memorize here. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish. Well, you can read it on your own. But you take each of those lines and say it five times. Now, once you've said it five times, it begins to stick in the old gourd up here. You know what I'm saying? But Jonah rose. I mean, you already know the first one because that we've already said it seven times so far. But Jonah rose. There's eight. <laughs> but if that doesn't work, you can also leave blanks. Here it comes. <laughs> he said, look, all you got to do is fill in the blanks. But Jonah rose. See, we already knew that. If I had left a blank up there, you would already know it because we've already said it nine times. Anyhow, there you go. So you got all the blanks there. Now put that on a sticky note. Stick them all over the house. Don't draw on the walls. <laughs> Parents don't like that. Stick them all over the house. Every time you go past that thing, you got to say the words. I'm telling you, by the time you've made about 13 trips through the house, you'll know the verse, even though it's a long one. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 3. And as I try to say to the parents every time I begin this, 
Feel free to use whatever translation you want. I happen to think that the ESV does a really good job in keeping true to the original language, and so that's the one I use. But if you've got another one, use whatever it is. It's your children. Use whatever translation you want to. All right, that being said, I will test you now, or review what I think should be on the test. And it will be, because I'm the guy who makes up the test. See, that's the guy, the crazy guy hanging from the ceiling there. Where did Jonah go to board a ship? It was in your memory verse. <laughs> I bet you didn't even see it, because I didn't read the whole thing. Oh, I love water. By the way, it is where, near water, this place that he went, because he's going to get on a ship. Most ships need water. They're not like in the middle of the desert or nothing, okay? Joppa. Anyhow, there you go. Segment number two. You've got this, says the guy hanging from the ceiling looking like a goofball. I think you're going to like the next background. I chose this especially for you. The girl, she's got a banana. She's, and she says up here, why, yes, I am talking on a banana. <laughs> she's silly. Anyhow, here's the joke. Why did Humpty Dumpty have a great fall? Humpty Dumpty had, you know the poem. Why did Humpty Dumpty have a great fall? Well, he had a great fall to make up for such a lousy summer. <laughs> I see fall comes after summer, and so he's making up for a lousy summer, so he's going to have a great fall. That's not really keeping with the meaning of the poem, but I think the girl on the banana really has a point, and I think it's funny, and I laughed at it. Did you? All right, segment number three. That's Trace if you're living in a Spanish-speaking country. Not very good with my Spanish. Anyhow, there you go. Hum, he's sitting. We're going to ponder a passage at the pond. So you got the dude sitting at the pond, and he's pondering. That's why he says hum up here. Maybe he's humming. You ever hum a song? I hum, but that's not what he's doing. Because, see, there's a question mark after it. That means he's pondering. He's just thinking about it. And what we're doing during ponder of the passage segment is we are thinking about Jonah chapter 1, and we're pondering upon it. And so let's go there. Jonah chapter 1. Woohoo! Hey, look at there, Jonah. The marshmallow man. And there's our little clue that we have to remember. All right, here's Jonah chapter 1, and you know how to play this game if you've been with me before. All the things that got underlined, they're going to be on the test. See, I know you guys, you need to be sending me letters thanking me for making the tests easy and all that kind of stuff. Here, let's just uh, air five. High five, air five. High, high, high five, air high, fist bump, air five. Why, hi, hey, hey, hey. Anyhow, here we go. John, Jonah, not John, Jonah, chapter one, verses 10 through 17. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is it that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. So the guy's finally catching on. <clears throat> oh, the reason we got this big bad storm is because Jonah is running from the Lord. And so, that's your first question. They knew that Jonah was fleeing from the Lord. And because he's freeing, 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 fleeing from the Lord, they're having a whole lot of trouble. Verse 11. Then they said to him, what shall we do? So that the sea may quiet down for us. For the sea grew more and more tempestuous. I love that word, tempestuous. Uh, write that one down. That's a good one. You almost spit on the screen when you say tempestuous. It means it's really troubled up. Uh, a big storm going on. He said to them, pick me up and hurl me into the sea. Then the sea will quiet down for you. <laughs> so our marshmallow man, Jonah, he says, here's what you got to do. Throw me in, uh, in the water. And uh, it says, for I know that it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. The storm's here because I disobeyed God. But they're not going to do that at first. 
third question. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to get back to try land. And so instead of doing what Jonah said, you want to calm the storm down, throw me in. They said, no, 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 we're going to try to get back to dry land. So they go to Rowan. They can't make it, though, because it says, but they could not, for the sea grew more and more tempestuous. There's our word again. That's twice. I love that word, tempestuous. Uh, it grew tempestuous against them. Therefore, they called out to the Lord, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. In other words, they're saying, don't, please don't drown us because he's a bad guy. And they're begging God to save them. So they picked up Jonah, they hurled him into the sea, and the sea ceased from raging. So if they had done that in the first place, they had saved themselves a whole lot of trouble. The prophet of God, Jonah, says, throw me in the water. And they said, no, we're going to try to save everything. But anyhow, eventually they throw him into water, and as quick as they do, guess what happens? The storm goes away. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows. So this moment actually led them to a moment of faith. Faith in the God of Jonah, evidently. So that's pretty cool. So they did two things. They offered a sacrifice, and they made vows. That is, they, they made a promise. God, if you get us back to land, I'll never cuss again. I'll never drink again. I'll never be a bad person again. You know, whatever. They made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. We always say it's a whale. Makes sense. Biggest fish we got around. But who knows what was back in the day. All we know is a big old fish. And the fish is going to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. That's going to be on your test. So he's in the belly of the fish for a long time. You ever think about riding in the belly of a fish? How did he breathe down there? I don't know. What did he eat down there? I don't know. What did he drink down there? I think I might know that one, but I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> Anyhow, God protected his servant. We know that. So was it a miracle? Absolutely. God allows Jonah to ride around in the belly of a big fish for three days and three nights, trying to teach that guy a lesson. And next chapter, he's actually going to learn his lesson for a little while. Not as long as he needs to, but he's going to learn it for a little while. So anyhow, there are your five questions. If it's underlined, I'm going to ask you, well, let's just show you. I'll just show you because I don't want to make things hard for you. Here you go, folks. Here are the questions that you're going to have on the final test. Look at there. I know, air fist bump again, or <laughs> whatever. Just give me a thumbs up if you want to. Smile, that's all I care, just, just smile. <laughs> Laugh at the silly jokes that I make. Anyhow, there's your questions. Did you guys screenshot that so that you can know what the questions are? Good, because I'm moving on. Segment number four will follow this joke. But first of all, let's be funny. Why did the woman become an archeologist? You know what an archaeologist is? That's a person who digs around in the dirt and tries to find old bones and stuff like that and put history together according to what they can discover <coughs> in their digs and that kind of thing. Why did the woman become an archaeologist? Well, she became an archaeologist because her career was in ruins. <laughs> ruins, get it? That's what that's what you have when the building falls down and it gets covered up by soil and all that kind of you uncovered as a ruin. And so the she became an archaeologist because her career was in ruins. <laughs> I don't know. It's not as funny as I thought at first, but uh, he obviously likes it. Segment number cuatro for again those folks speaking the Spanish language. Doing doing doing. 
I do not know how to translate doing, doing, doing into Spanish. Somebody might write in and tell me so that I can say that appropriately. But anyhow, you've got cuatro, doing, doing, doing. And we're going to apply the Y. As I have told you on too many occasions before, I actually love this part because this is where we say to ourselves, who cares? Why do I even need to read Jonah chapter 1? What does that even make me a better person about? I'm about to tell you. That's why you're here. Jonah chapter 1 is a really cool chapter, and all of the Bible applies in some way, and it should change us in a lot of ways. But here's the way that I think it should change us, at least one. Jonah says, oh, there's Jonah again. He's just running across it. Oh, Jonah, marshmallow man, he just, just keeps on going. Pick me, peak, pick me up. He had, an, he had an accent. Pick me up. He must have been from Italy. Pick me up and hurl me into the sea, then the sea will quiet down for you, for I know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you. Jonah recognizes that he's got a lot of folks in trouble because of his mistake. They didn't make the mistake. They're not running from God. He is. And yet he's drawn people into his little tragedy. Here's my question for you. Did you ever do something bad and have your actions affect other people? I, I certainly have. Maybe uh, you did something where, you uh, I don't know, uh, your mom and dad told you to clean up your bedroom. And instead of doing what you were supposed to, you didn't. And your little brother or sister got in trouble along with you because they didn't. You didn't help them or you didn't encourage them to clean it up. Whatever. You ever do something bad and then it affects other people? Man, I have. My question that you got to answer for me on the test is, what should we do in a situation like that? If you do something bad, other people are impacted by that. They're having a bad day, too, because of your bad day. What can you do to change that? What can you do to solve that? That's what Jonah is trying to do here. Jonah is taking responsibility for the fact that he got these guys in trouble. Jonah's the one who bought the ticket for the boat ride. Jonah's the one who was running from God. And as they get out there in the middle of the water, big storm comes up, and now it's not looking good. But guess what? If this boat sinks, it's not going to just take Jonah. It's going to take everybody else on board. And that's not fair. And Jonah recognizes that, and so he says, what you got to do, throw me into the sea. I'm going to take responsibility for this. I'm going to pay the price because I'm the guy who made the mistake. Here's your question. Well, let's just, I'll show you. For his test preparation, I'm going to ask you this question on the final test. What should we do when our bad actions affect others? Matter of fact, that's the very last question on your test. It's number 10. So there you go. What should you do if you do something bad and other people are drawn into that and now bad stuff's happening to them? They get in trouble too. I'll give you one that's happened to me back in the day. Been talking when I wasn't supposed to be talking. And the guy at the front who's in charge of the class or whatever, he said, hey, Sonny. And then he calls out the name of the fellow I'm talking to who wasn't talking. They were just, they were being quiet, but they heard me, and they looked at me, and now it looks like they're in trouble, too, because it looks like we're talking to each other, but they weren't even talking. There's an illustration how you get somebody else in trouble, and it was your fault, or my fault. Maybe you've done that. I love this next little silly guy. He seriously is com contemplating what in the world. <laughs> he got that old lip. I got to, is it this way? This way, isn't it? He is just really thinking about this. Question is, how do you fix a broken tomato? First of all, I want to know how do you break a tomato? <laughs> because tomatoes don't break. They bust open. They get cut open. 
<laughs> you don't break it. <laughs> but that the joke is, what do you do to fix a broken tomato? The answer is, use tomato paste. <laughs> see the glue I put there? Tomato, you see it pasting it back together. I should have put a big old crack in the tomato because it's broken. You don't break tomatoes. How do you fix a broken tomato? You use tomato paste. Write that one down. That's a good one for your you, you to use in the future to make people laugh. All right. Segment number five. This is, I like this, this little girl right here. She's totally bored. <laughs> oh, joy. She says, oh, joy, Sonny. Now we're going to get to test. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right, guys. <coughs> Jonah, chapter one, test number one. Here are the 10 questions. Did I not tell you that would be number 10? What should we do when our bad actions affect others? So there's your 10 questions. That's your final test. That's what's going to tell us whether or not you were paying attention to old silly sunny childs and whether or not you learned anything from Jonah chapter 1. <laughs> I love you guys. It's so much fun being with you guys every Sunday morning. I really like it. Now, you may not be watching this on Sunday morning, but that's when I'm recording it, and so I like it. I think I would like it even if it was Monday morning, because <laughs> you're funny people. I'm a funny people. Per, per people? Person. I'm a funny person. Together, we're funny people. I love you. Sonny Chow saying, be there. Matthew 16, 26.